You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. In this podcast, we're doing something special. We will be diving into Money 101 with Vernon Michelle Frey's, which they've been teaching to our Unite Youth. So settle in to learn some practical wisdom and principles on finances that come from God's Word. I'm glad you're here tonight. Uh, while we're getting started, my lovely assistant will help pass out the papers there. Quick review. What were the first four principles that we've learned these two weeks? What was the first one? Money's a tool. Okay, Rush, what's the second one? Money equals work, correct. How about the third one? Anybody? Mackenzie? When you have money, put it in a secure place, a bank, credit union. All right, last week, principle number four. What was it? Miranda, you got to have a plan for your money, a.k.a. budget, the B word. So I hope you guys have uh, enjoyed this so far and really picked up on what we're trying to uh, impart in here. So week uh, three here, this is a very important part of what should be your money plan. Principle number five, well, I'll wait till you get uh, your paper passed out there. We're going to be talking about something that can be a real pitfall, and for a lot of people it is. They get buried in this, and I can attest I was one of those people. We were one of those people. You don't have the money because you spend on other things, and you've asked other people to help you out and borrowed money. So I think everybody's pretty much got their papers. Principle number five this week, avoid. Anybody got a guess? Banks are debt. Avoid debt. And what is debt? Anybody got any ideas or definitions? Okay, debt is any money that is owed to any person for any reason. You know, we think of the banks, we think of getting a loan. You know, I come up to you and say, hey, Maddox, I need 10 bucks till I get paid next week. Is that all right? Right, I owe Max 10 bucks, so therefore I'm in debt. So, you don't want to get into debt. This also, later on in life, you'll find out, is called co-signing. So, say that you want to get this sweet car you see, but your credit's not so good. So, you ask your friend who's got excellent credit, hey, just co-sign for me. And what that means is you are going to pay for the loan, but if you don't make the payments, guess who gets to make the payments? your friend. So do not do that because if they can't get to loan in the first place, what should that tell you? That they're not too good with their money. Right. They might not pay it off. Also, when you become married, it's you want to put your finances together, but you're dating somebody, even if you're engaged, don't put your finances together yet because you're mingling your money and you are not one yet until you have gone before God and pledged your uh, union together. Okay, we're gonna go, you got the scriptures? All right, Kylie, we're gonna look at Proverbs 22.7 real quick. And it says that the rich rule over the poor and the borrow is slave to the lender. Now, slavery has been abolished, praise God, but when you, take a loan, when you ask somebody for money, you're pretty much becoming their slave, their servant, and you're at their mercy. 
Let's look at Deuteronomy 15, 6 real quick too. These are just kind of to reinforce what we're telling you about. The debt's bad, it's not good. Okay, for the Lord your God will bless you his, as he has promised, and you will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. You will rule over many nations, but none will rule over you. And that's going back to what we just talked about. When you're in control of your finances, when you don't have to go to somebody to borrow money, then you don't become indebted to them. You don't become a slave to them. You rule over them. And there's nothing wrong with lending somebody money. I'm not trying to say that. But my pastor told me years ago, when you lend somebody money, don't do it with the expectation of getting it back because you're doing it with the wrong motives. They may pay you back, and that's great, but don't let the enemy use that as a bitter pill should they not pay you back. So... That's something to think about here. A lot of people in society nowadays feel like there's a, such a thing as called good debt. And we're here to tell you guys that is not true in any sense of the word. And I think Michelle has uh, something you want to yeah. share with them real quick. Yeah. So one, one example of good debt that you might hear is when you go to college. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But what you may hear as you become a you know, sophomore, junior, senior in high school is, hey, if you just take out a loan for college, the benefit to that is you're going to have a degree that pays you more money and you're really investing in yourself. So it's good debt. You're investing in you. But guess what? It's still debt. So here's my challenge. You know, we've had this uh, play money here for a while. Okay, this one is not play money. All right, this is the real deal. And this is ours, and we brought it, and I'm willing to give it to somebody. And if I have to get multiple of them, I will. But this is what you have to find for me. Does everybody have a Bible at home? Okay. You have to, or on your phone, you have to search through Scripture, and you have to show me where God said in His wisdom, debt is to your benefit. If you can show me, I'll give you $100. If you can show me. What do you guys think? Do you think you're going to, anyone's going to walk out with this $100? Does anyone think anywhere in Scripture it says that? All right, you come see me later. We'll see. You'll make it. <laughs> okay, I think. All right, so the three C's of debt for young people. What do you think the first one might be? The first thing you're going to think about buying as you get into your Maddox. Bingo. Car. The average new car payment in America today is between $500 and $700 a month. And most people are going to carry a car payment uh, all through their adult lives. A lot of folks that I know, they feel like as soon as they get their car paid off, guess what? Time to trade it in and get another one. And the cycle goes on and on and on. And they spend their whole life buying new cars buying automobiles, and that means by the time uh, they've gotten to retirement, whatever, they've probably spent almost a quarter of a million dollars just on vehicles. And to give you a little taste of what we're going to talk about next week, if you would take that $500 to start an investment account, and for 40 years, you put $500 away each month for 40 years till you got to retirement, you would put in $240,000 of your own money. But if you put into an investment at 10%, which is a pretty uh, 
pretty even rate. They're pretty not hard to attain. How much money do you think you would have in those 40 years? Any guesses? Anthony says 175. I will tell you, we calculated it. $2,819,933. So almost $2.82 million if you invested that money that a lot of people just keep pumping into their car each month because that's what they like to do. There's leases. You know, so there's so many things, and that's what everybody feels like, we got to have a new car. But for you guys, that's not really a possibility. Is It's not too realistic. So we're going to talk about, Michelle's going to talk about later, that uh, used cars and how you go about buying a used car that will be affordable for you guys, that would be reasonable, that you could fit into your budget plan. Okay, the second one, what do you think that would be? That That is actually the third one we're going to talk about. The second one is credit, not coffee. If you're spending that much on coffee, Rush, whew, you gotta, yeah, we need to talk afterwards there. I need to talk to your mom, dad about that. But uh, credit cards, as soon as you guys turn 18 and you're legal and they can offer them to you, they're gonna be coming from all over. They're gonna tell you, you need to build up your credit. You know, if you wanna buy a house, if you wanna, get a car, you know, you need to build up your credit, and this is a great way to do it, just a little bit at a time. Instant gratification. You might not have the money, but boom, you slap that credit card down, wherever you're at, maybe it's the music store, you know, maybe you want to get a new guitar, slap that down, you know. Whatever it is, you can get that instant gratification. Now, later on down the line, you might be regretting it when the, yeah. Years and years and years, and thinking, man, I'm still paying for it. Discounts. Michelle can tell you one time, a lot of times you go to the store, and they'll say, hey, you're paying for your things. If you buy our credit card, we'll give you an extra 20% today. Because, and you think they're just out of the goodness of their heart, or they know what they're doing there. They know that you're gonna, they're going to get you in, and more than likely, you're going to use that over and over again, and you're going to end up paying them way more than what you saved in that that moment. And her little story was she went to Kohl's, and that's when she went to check out, that's what they said, you know, hey, we'll give you 20% off. She said, well, we don't really use credit cards. Can you just give me the discount anyway? And the clerk was so flabbergasted, they were like, I guess so. So she got it without uh, signing up for the credit card. But that's uh, emergencies be another thing, you know, you're out on the road and you get two flat tires, you know, you hit a pothole and get two flat tires, you don't have the money to pay for it to get home. How are you going to pay for it? People tell you use a credit card. We talked about last week, if you have an emergency fund, you don't have to use that credit card. Okay, the third one, Rush already talked on it, not coffee, but college. If you guys have even looked at some of this already, you can imagine what the price of college is, is like. There's a big crisis in our country right now with student loan debt, and young people that have paid for their degrees or taken loans out for their degrees, 10, 20 years down the road, they're still paying for it. It's still got a hold of them. That debt has still got a hold of them in their lives, and it's slowing them down from getting where they want to go. Good news is you can get a degree without going into debt. 
There's many ways, and she's going to touch on more of them real quick, but you can pay cash for college, believe it or not. You can do that. You can go to a trade school, not as expensive, not as long. There's scholarships you can apply for, grants you can apply for. We talked about a few weeks ago, we're going to tell you about free money. That's some free money right there, scholarships and grants. Go to a school that's affordable. Just a few things we're going to, she's going to get in more depth about here, but let's say you've gotten uh, through college and, uh-oh, I'm in debt, you know. What are you going to do? We're going to tell you real quick a few things, but there's no super formula to all this stuff, all that we've been talking about the last couple weeks today and next week. It's not about formulas. Dave Ramsey, who is a very big financial guy, pretty much the king, I heard him say it first, but I've heard many others say it after that. Personal finances, your personal finances, it's only 20% what you know up here. It's 80% about your behavior and what you've trained yourself to do, what you've accepted and what you've uh, not accepted. You know, we talked about the word no, but when you have debt, it's going to hold you back from getting to the financial goals that you guys want to have. You're going to, to get out of debt, we're going to stop all extra spending, and we're going to get in that budget that we talked about last week, and we're going to allocate money to paying off that debt as quickly as we can. Go to Proverbs uh, 6 through 7, if you would, real quick, David. Okay, talking about debt. My son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, if you have shaken hands and pledged for a stranger, you have been trapped by what you said, ensnared by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son, to free yourself. Since you have fallen into your neighbor's hands, go to the point of exhaustion. That's how important it is. Don't stop. Go to the point of exhaustion and give your neighbors no rest. Allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids. That's all right. Free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the snare of a fowler. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler. What stuck out to me there, have you guys ever watched those nature shows, those uh, animal shows, where those gazelles are just, because that lion is chasing after him like nobody's business. And that's what he's saying here. If you have made mistakes like we've made and others have made in their life and you find yourself in debt, you do whatever you have to, you don't sleep, you act like a crazy person to pay off those debts to get away from that bondage, that slavery that we talked about. You fight like crazy and it's so important not to get in that place, but if you have found yourself in that place at some point in your life, it's all right. You can get out of it and you can move on. So I'm going to let Michelle talk more about in depth about some of these things that we've just touched on so far. All right. So when college meets credit cards, so let me tell you what's going to happen when you walk onto a college campus if you guys decide to go to college. Within the first two weeks, I just about guarantee within the first two weeks, you're going to be walking across campus. You're going to be hungry because that is how it goes. I don't need those right now. Oh, yeah. So you're going to be hungry. 
And somebody's going to be standing out in the quad. They're going to be standing in the student union. They're going to be standing somewhere. And they're going to have this really good smelling pizza. And you are hungry. And you are tired of eating in the dining hall. And they're going to tell you that they're going to give you one of these pizzas absolutely free. This is a $6.99 pizza. They're going to give it to you for free. All you have to do is fill out a credit card application. That's it. They'll send you the credit card in the mail. Nothing. You don't have to give them any money. Nothing. Nothing at all. Does it sound like a good deal? Free pizza? You think they'd really give away free pizza if there wasn't a trap in that? Right, so the average college student in America graduates with, do you guys know how much debt? A lot. Credit card debt, just credit card debt alone, $3,280 worth of credit card debt. That's the average college student. That was what happened when they got the $6.99 pizza and didn't have the money to pay off the credit card. And they just you know, bought books, went to the games, t-shirts, gas, you know, everything. Now, if that were you, and you decide, man, I've got to pay my student loan because you did that too, and I've got a car payment, and I've got to live, I've got to eat and pay utilities and rent and all these things, I'm paying the bare minimum on that credit card bill. If you do that, your minimum payment, it's going to sound attractive, is only $67 a month. That's not bad. Right? I mean, you owe a lot of money, but 67 bucks a month, that's okay. You're going to be paying that for the next 64 months. And assuming you never use that credit card again, does anybody want to guess how much money you're actually paying back in total? $6,585. So that, that is the cost of signing up for a credit card, potentially, for that free $6.99 pizza your first two weeks of college. So be cautious. There are... Traps for debt out there everywhere, and they're disguised. They're disguised as a free deal, a free pizza, a way to invest in yourself. But remember what Scripture says. Does anywhere in Scripture, does God teach us that debt is good? Is it leverage? Is it anything that we want to fall into? Or is it slavery? It's slavery. So you have to be cautious. All right. We're going to buy a car tonight. So if you guys want to turn to your next page, we're going to see what the true cost of buying a car on credit cost. What do you guys think of the car I picked out? Is it beautiful? It will. I was told that you guys would know exactly why I picked a Honda. A Honda Accord. You guys don't know. I was told you guys would know. We just told that a couple weeks ago. What did the disciples drive in? All in one accord. <laughs> That's why. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Okay, so I picked a Honda Accord. Well, so right now, I actually did just pull this car off of um, Carfax. So this is a car that's available right now in Virginia. It's a 2013 Honda Accord Touring V6. It's red, even though the picture looks black. It's in pretty decent shape. It's only been in three accidents. Has, let's see, 125,000 miles on it right now. And you have to drive to Virginia to get it. But not too bad. All right. So this is the car. Let's say that you've decided this is the car you have to have. This is the car you want to drive. You want to show up your first day uh, of your senior year or at college. And this is the car you want to drive. So we're going to look at the difference between saving up and paying cash, which is possible, or getting a loan, which is what 
90% of people out there do, which is what the credit, when you go to that car lot, they're going to say, hey, look, we have a finance office. Come on in. You don't even have to bring any money down. We're going to hook you up with this car, and I guarantee you'll find a way to let you drive off with this car today. Right? They're going to try to sucker you into that. I'm going to show you why you should not do that. All right, now let's assume, we're going to look at the left-hand column. Let's assume that you guys are working, and you've planned ahead, and you've saved for 18 months. That's a year and a half. Right? And you know by the time you turn 16 or 18 or 20, you're going to want to buy a car. So this isn't a surprise. So start saving. So in this example, you've been saving big time for 18 months. How much do you think you'd have to save every month to save up enough money to pay cash for this car? You did it? Okay. Yep, $833 and change. I put $834. Yep, so $834. That seems like a lot. It does. But... It's going to be worth it when I show you the alternative. All right. So now let's say you've bought this car now. You've paid cash. You walk out of there. You've got the keys and you've got the title. You own the car. You're not paying anybody for this car. It is yours. If you were to continue saving just half of that, now you've been saving up a lot. You've been saving up $834. We're going to cut that in half because you know, you're going to have insurance and gas and things like that. That's about $417. If you just keep saving that because you're already in a good habit of doing it, Save half of that money, $417, that in four and a half years, when this car's probably about worn out, you're going to have in the bank to buy a brand new car, $22,518. That's with no interest. That's just what's going to be sitting there in the bank for you guys to buy a new car. Could you buy a decent car for $22,000? Yeah. yeah, you can do all right. You could buy a nice car for $22,000. Now I want you to think about what if you did that again for another four and a half years, five years, and then you did it again. Every time you bought a car every five or six years, you can walk out of there and pay cash and not have any interest following you along behind. You can do what the scripture says and stay out of debt, avoid the debt, just by planning ahead, just by saving. Now, let's look at the flip side. So this is the right-hand column. This is financing with no down payment, which you walk into a car dealership, they're going to want to, they'll hook you up. They, they will make sure that they sell that car, right, because they want the finances, so if you had fair credit, which is probably a good bet for young folks, if you had fair credit and you wanted to buy that car, the longest you can get a car loan is 72 months. That's six years. How much do you think you'd pay a month for that car? 250, let's go up a little bit. 300. 301. Yep, so $301 a month. And that doesn't sound too bad, does it? I mean, that's a pretty decent car. 300 bucks a month. You're like, I could, I could do that. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with that. How much each month do you think is actually paying off that car and how much is going towards interest? Not, not a whole lot's going towards the car. So here's the breakdown, and I'll give it to you so you can write it down. You can look at this later. You're paying $208 a month towards the actual car, but 93 bucks is not even for the car. That's just for the interest because you wanted to jump into debt and have the car now instead of thinking ahead. So you're paying 93 bucks a month because you wanted it now instead of thinking and planning. Now, <clears throat> the third question, what amount do you think you'll have paid at the end of six years to own this car? Both of these examples take place over six years. The first person saved for a year and a half the full amount, and then they saved half of that so they could buy a new car. This person who financed also six years because they have a 72-month loan what do you think in total they paid for this car? Take a wild guess. It's way more than $15,000. 
There you go. $21,672. Is that a good deal for a 2013 Honda Accord with three accidents and 125,000 miles, which by now, mind you, is now, how old is that going to be? Six years from now? 13, it's already 10 years, so 16 years old. Okay, a 16-year-old Honda Accord with probably, what, 250,000 miles and all the things that go along with a car like that. Is that still worth $301 a month? No, it's not worth $301 a month. Honda's good, but it's not worth that. All right, and here's the final question. How much money do you have saved up for your next new car because this one's about ready to break down? Nothing. Yep, nothing. And you're not going to get much in trade-in for this one at that point. So when you look at that, is it worth it to you to spend that much money just to have a car now? Or do you see the wisdom in planning ahead saving up? And I'm not saying you have to buy a $15,000 car. You know, if it has four wheels, if it was designed for four wheels and it has four wheels and it gets you from A to B and it's legal, it may not look the best. I don't like to drive red cars. I also don't like to drive green cars. And guess what? God thought in his humor would be a good thing for me to have when we were just paying cash for cars. All green cars. All green cars. And so I'm grateful now that at least we're in a blue-green car, right? <laughs> All right. So do you see the wisdom just in that? Right here. The college paper. Oh. Okay. So here's where we're going to wrap up. This is homework, but I just want to tell you real quick. I know that not all of you may be considering college, but I do know that some of you are, or you have others in your family that are. So this is a worksheet. You can look at it. You can apply it to your situation specifically. Look at some colleges. Look and see what they cost, and then calculate what it's going to cost you for a four-year degree. What's the minimum cost? And then look and see, and I've got some examples in there. We won't go over them because I know it doesn't apply to absolutely everybody. But look at that and look and see what a four-year degree costs, especially if you do it just borrowing money and hoping, hoping that you have a salary that's going to be able to pay it back. This, this outlines what modern-day financial slavery is. Right? We've talked about it with a car loan, but like my husband said, like what Vern said, we're in a student loan crisis. Right? It's a crisis. That's not, eh, it doesn't impact me. No, it's a crisis. So an example that, that I heard was uh, a young couple that went to a Christian college, went to a private Christian college. They were young. They were your guys' age going into college. They both wanted to work in the ministry, but they couldn't afford the private Christian college without student loans. So between the two of them, they had, I think it was $160,000 in student loans to go to a private Christian college. And they graduated, and guess what they couldn't do at that point? Not if they were going to go into ministry, right? They wanted to go into the mission field. They wanted to go into ministry. But guess what held them back? Student loan payments of like $1,500 a month. You don't make that in the mission field, right? And that's for the next 25, 26 years of their life. Are they now being held in slavery and bondage from spreading God's word in the way they intended to when they got that degree? Absolutely. So I just want you to see that debt really does equate to slavery. If you have debt, when you go to work and you see that paycheck, you just need to understand that that paycheck is not your paycheck. It belongs now to your master, whether it's MasterCard or whether it's Discover or whether it's the bank down the street or whether it's uh, the student loan servicer. Your paycheck's no longer your own because now you're in bondage, you're in slavery, which is exactly what Scripture laid out for us. So that's your homework. If you're going to college, if you think that's on the horizon, 
let me just say, don't let it discourage you because there are ways like Vern talked about. If you really want to go to college and you really want us to sit down with you and say, hey, here are some ways to do it without getting into debt, come and see us. We will sit down with you guys. We'll sit down with your families. And we'll say, look, here are resources. Here's what you do. Here's how you avoid debt. All right? For everybody else, if maybe college isn't on the radar, you've got some true-false questions there at the bottom. You guys have been through this a couple times before. You can guess where I'm going with it. If they're true, they're true. If they're false, get me the right answer. Okay? All right, thank you, guys. Any questions real quick? I think we've got a couple minutes there. Okay. That'd be my end of the spectrum. Do I give out free money? Yes. For the right, uh, if I'm led to, yes, I would. <laughs> Does anybody else have any questions? Or you had another one? Okay, sorry. I could only wish. Maybe I'm mini, mini Tim. I'm mini me of Tim Tebow. Does anybody else have any questions? Like I said, if college is on the radar for you guys and you're really considering um, you know, student loans, let me just be an encourager. Don't, don't go down that route with at least not having some other wisdom on the other side of things. Tell your parents. Say, hey, come see us. Vernon and Michelle will sit down and talk with you guys as a family. We'll give you resources. We will help you out. Um, as always, take this information home to your families because, you know what, adults don't always know everything and maybe this is a seed that you can plant within your own families, um, that you can share with them um, just to help in your own family, right now, family's financial future. If you want to jot it down real quick, one of the resources, we forgot to bring the book, the author's name is Anthony O'Neill and the name of the book is Debt-Free Degree and it goes through and tells you different ways that you can get through college without going into debt. And it also talks to, starts at middle school and works up through high school and tells you the things you need to be doing, you know, the tests you need to be taking, the prep things that you need to be taking for those tests, many different things, but it is a great resource, not the only resource, of course, but we just really want to hammer, this is a very, very, just like the budget was extremely important as your foundation, debt would equate to the termites, can ruin your foundation. Debt will limit you, it will hurt you. You won't be able to do the things God's called you to do because you have that weighing you down and you're just fighting to keep your head above water sometimes. It's what we've seen in different people's lives. But we love you guys. I pray that God is really birthing something in you that you're getting a hold of this because it will change your lives. It will change your family's lives. It will change the community's lives. It will change this church to do great things for the kingdom. So we appreciate your time, Eric. That should uh, be all we have tonight. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 